be able to celebrate with you today and uh, wanted to just spend some time this morning kind of talking about uh, moms and, and to say, you know, first and foremost, it's tough to be a mom. You know how I know? Because my kids ask for her all the time. <laughs> all the time. You know, and we're, we're different, right? We, we do things differently. But uh, how many of you know that if something is broken and needs to be fixed, you're looking for dad? But if you're the one that broke it, you're looking for mom. <laughs> mom, help. I just want to start off sharing this is some advice I came across. 20 pieces of advice that moms wish they would have received. So here's some, some free advice, all right, for our young moms and those of you who are maybe a little more experienced. Number one. It's okay to admit that motherhood is not fun. It's if you're exhausted and that you resent your husband because he gets to go out into the world while you wipe noses and butts. It's fair. Two, you can decide to not nurse your baby. It won't kill them, no matter what anybody says. Number three, don't sweat the small stuff. And, re- and unless you have a child with a serious illness, it's all small stuff. Number four, take the time to shower every day. I don't know why they put that in there, but that's practical. Like, you should do that, all right? Five, remember, they will always stop crying eventually, right? Uh, You don't need a diaper genie or a wipe warmer. You'll be okay, all right? How many of you took care of babies without a diaper genie or a wipe warmer? Somebody testify. Okay, there we go. Seven, sometimes you'll feel like throwing them out the window. That's okay as long as you don't actually do it. Uh, Don't compare yourself to others. You can only be the best mom that you can be. Uh, Put the baby in their nice clothes because if you wait too long, they might outgrow them and never get to wear them. Right? Ten, don't judge other parents. They have no idea what they're doing either. Eleven, take videos with your kids. Pictures are great, but nothing compares to capturing the moment in a video. Twelve, get out of the house while they're in the infant seat. It's the easiest time it will ever happen. How many of you know, I always say with my kids, like herding cats, right? All right, uh, 13, don't take things too seriously. You won't completely screw up your kids if they miss a vegetable, a bath, fall asleep in their clothes, or get away with something once in a while. Uh, Number 14, nobody knows what's best for your child. Number 15, let them get messy. That's what baths are for. 16, take the time to refuel. Moms, that means unplug and ask your husbands to babysit for you. That's a joke. Wow, sorry. That's a joke. That's about how Jess took it too. (laughs) Husbands, don't ever say, you want me to babysit the kids? Like, that is not a good segue into a good evening. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number 17, pick your battles. Sometimes it's just not worth fighting for. Number 18, parenthood is is defined by extremes. There's extreme happiness, extreme frustration, extreme love, and extreme guilt. Learn to let go, breathe, and let them find happiness each day. 19, the parents who look like they have it all together are usually a bigger mess than you. That's comforting, right? And number 20, you're doing a great job. Relax. You're doing a great job. 
Listen, it's hard to be a parent and moms as we talk about being a mother today. It's hard to be a mom. And I know that there's a lot of pressure sometimes to, am I doing a good enough job? Am I messing my kids up? Am I giving them everything that they need? And I want to spend a few moments just kind of unpacking what we can give to our children and to our families. And and really, I kind of wanted to divide this up because um, I want to talk about being a different kind of mother today on Mother's Day. And then in about a month on Father's Day, I want to talk about being a different kind of father. Uh, Because I know we're not supposed to talk about this. We're living in a very weird world. But here's the sad but real, real truth. Men and women are different. We are not the same. God puts certain things into each one of us that the other does not have. I look at the character that my wife displays as a mother, and I see there are things in her that she displays the character of God that I am incapable of doing. And there are things that I do as a dad that she would be incapable of doing. That doesn't mean that either one is inferior or superior. It means that God made it this way that it takes two. And it's part of what God has called us to do. And and I I hope we never lose sight of that because we've we've really come under this scrutiny and this idea that, well, we can't talk about that it's this or that. We're all the same. We're all the same. No, we're not. We're different and God made it that way and we should celebrate it. We're we're, we're just different. But I want to talk about being a different kind of mother today. And, and really kind of lean into what that means specifically uh, for, for moms as they're leading and growing in their families and, and learning about themselves and the world and everything else. But there's one place in Scripture where we find in Titus chapter 2 that kind of speaks specifically into this idea of being a mom, being a woman. And I wanted, wanted to speak to this this morning in Titus chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. Here's what he says. Teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. For they must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children and to live wisely and pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Now, I know there are a lot of things in there that as we unpack it, it's like, wow, I don't, didn't expect we'd be talking about that on Mother's Day. Uh, but let's just look at this for a second because we can look at this in two different ways. First of all, I want to just say this, and this is not my decision. This is how the Bible was written and how Greek is written, okay? So don't be mad at me. In Greco-Roman culture, if you are over the age of 50, you are old. I'm really sorry. Some of you, if you are under the age of 50, you are young. So for some of you who are like struggling with being like in your 40s, you're like, oh, I'm feeling old. No, you are young, okay? Right? So, so just soak that in. Now, to say that to this as well, all right, during this time in history, the average lifespan was only 55 to 60. So while we're looking at the age of 50 and thinking that that's old, the reality is that they're talking about the twilight of life as being the older age. So maybe for us, that'd be more like that 75 to 85 range of of what it means to be old. And if you're in that age, um, please send your emails to mike at (laughs) myfamilylife.church. But these young mothers, so here's what it says to young mothers. So you are a young mother if you are under the age of 50. Here we go. Young mother, love your husband and your children, work in your home, do good, submit to your husband. That's the the young mothers, right? You are in the midst of the prime of doing the everyday dirty work of being a mom, being a wife, and and being in the house and everything that you do. So he says, this is how we apply godliness to this. Do these things. Then it says to the older moms, 
Honor God, speak well of others. Like, don't stand off on the side and be like, that mom has no idea what she's doing. Right? Not nice. Speak well of others, live a life of moderation, and teach others what is good. And and really, the important thing that's looking at here is this idea that whether you are a mom who's just had a baby for the very first time, or your children, maybe they're here with you today and they are 65 years old. You are still a mom and you still have a responsibility within your family. And in a moment, we'll we'll unpack this a little bit further, but especially within the church. And for the younger moms, it's this idea, you're looking forward and looking ahead. What are the the moms ahead of me? How are they raising their kids? What have they done? What is their example? How have they survived? Listen, for those of you who have raised your your kids, who, who are my moms in here who have already raised your kids? Can you just tell these young moms for a second, you will, you'll survive, right? You're going to make it. You're going to make it, right? So being the example, but listen, there's an important facet to this that has to come into play because a big part of the way that we think of things culturally now is that the new way is the best way, Right? The new way is the best way, and the old way is archaic and just ridiculous. We shouldn't even think of doing it that way. But there's something to be said in the way that that God orchestrates the family together, and he says, listen, the older mothers, you're supposed to be an example to those younger ones. You're supposed to be, and so what does that mean to the younger ones? He says, you should be looking up to those older ones, learning from them, gleaning from them, that you will be able to follow in their footsteps. So a couple of things that he talks about here that are important for how, how we do this. What's this process? Number one, we see this in 1 Peter 3, verses 3 to 5. He says this, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles. I've been set free from this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. How many of you in here would love to be known as the holy women of old? I was thinking, we'll do this for t-shirts next year for Mother's Day. We'll get you a t-shirt and it says, holy woman of old. Wouldn't that just be a great gift? Like you could wear that in front of all of your friends. I'd be like, I am a holy woman of old. It's going to be great. If you don't like that, Mike, M-I-K-E, at myfamilylife.church. I just, maybe we should put that on the screen. I, I don't know. There's something that he speaks to in here, but he says he's contrasting a beauty that is fading and a beauty that is unfading. Now, here's the reality. No matter, you might be the most beautiful woman in the world, that beauty, outward beauty, does not last. It doesn't. It just, it does not last. When I was about 15 years old, I was at my grandparents' house, and I was in their spare bedroom, and I saw some pictures and some, like, really old pictures, you know, and how grandmas keep that stuff on the shelf, and so I just, I'm looking through these old pictures, and I saw this picture, and I thought it was, like, maybe of an old-time movie star or something like that, and I picked it up off the shelf, and I said to my mom, I was like, who is this, some, some movie star? And my mom looked at it, and she goes, that's your grandmother. And I looked at it, and literally, it was this first time in my life, I was like, wow, my grandma was once a person. like an actual person. And I will say she was quite beautiful. I mean, I mean, 
I hadn't known her, you know, obviously this is, we're talking in the 1930s, uh, from the, when this picture was taken, late 30s, early 40s. Uh, I didn't know her at that time, I, but to me, I had already considered her beautiful, not because of her outward appearance, I had considered her beautiful because of what she had meant to me and my family and what she had meant to my brother and to me and all my cousins, you know, the way she had blessed us and loved us and been so encouraging and prayed for us. And, and to, to me, those were the things that were beautiful about her. And, and this reality that just remains, the beauty that we so often pursue is going to fade. The hairstyles are going to go out. And listen, beauty is even a thing that's constantly changing in different cultures, different time periods. There are things that are considered attractive and considered unattractive. It's always moving, always changing. But then there's this precious gift from God, this quiet and gentle spirit in which we adorn ourselves, not in outward things, but saying, God, I want to be clothed in humility and I want to be clothed in the things that you have for me. God, I want to, I want to be covered by those things. The next, we look at this idea of God's family. And I want to read this for you in 1 Timothy 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sister's. So there's this whole thing that's taking place here in 1 Timothy, and he's talking about this family idea of not just your, your family of origin, the people you share a same last name with, but he's saying your family, your church family, the people that you are part of, God has surrounded you within this family, right, with people who are older and younger than you. And he says, the older ones that we look at, he goes, there should be this mutual respect that we have for one another. Because if I'm a younger person and I'm looking to the older generation, how many of us realize there's a lot to be gleaned from those who have gone before us? I don't know about you, but sometimes the best path isn't always to run into the same problems, right? Couldn't we learn a thing or two? Because appeal to them and look to them just like you would your own father. Look to that, that older woman just like you would your own mother, you know, and I was reading this this morning and thinking to myself, you know, talk to the young men the same way that you would your brothers and your sisters. And, and all I could think of was the example of my own kids. And I'm like, I hope they don't talk to anybody like that. Please, Lord. But this is where we get kind of off in this because we have so many kind of off relationships with people in the world around us. But he says this God family is not something in which we just occupy the same space on a Sunday morning. It's not about us just coming into the same building. It's not about us just being able to say, well, I'm a part of Family Life Church, or yeah, that's the church that I go to, or I, you know, I, I grew up in that church, or I've been a part of that church. He goes, no, you're supposed to be a family to one another. You're supposed to look to that generation that's gone ahead of you and learn from them. Listen, uh, can, I, can I just speak to maybe some of those in this, this room that you, you kind of have been put into this place of like, well, you know, you're the older generation. You don't know what it's like to raise kids now and young and all that stuff. Listen, I know you've been told like you, you, you might not know what you're talking about, but the world needs your voice. And, and the families in this room, they need your encouragement. Listen, they need you to go up to that mom that's rocking a baby that just won't stop screaming and to pat him on the shoulder and say, it's going to be okay. It doesn't last forever. They need you to go up to that mom who's raising teenagers and is wanting to pull her hair out and just tell her, don't worry, it'll pass. It's not going to be like this forever. 
They need to hear that from you. Because there are days, I promise you, where they feel like they're never going to make it. And, and to have that encouragement from you. And if you're on the other side of that, you know, this temptation, again, we, we're, this is the world we live in. It's a cultural condition. We're always looking for the new, better, best thing. Right? What do you mean you used cloth diapers? That's disgusting. I just want to be fair. That is gross. Wow. Anyway, what do you mean you did this? Or what do you mean you did that? And, and listen, I have three kids, and I'm amazed. My kids are really close together in age. And if you have children, you probably experience this as well. One kid, the doctors and the nurses would be like, make sure that you do this and make sure you don't do that. Then you go to the next kid, and they're like, oh, no, that's okay now, but don't do this. Then you have the next kid, and they're like, oh, this you must do. Well, the first doctor said I should never do this. What, what, what am I doing? And there's just this lost feeling. Listen, looking onto what is best and better out there, sometimes just living by the example and seeing those who have gone before us. And listen, your church family is a big part of that. You might be, I've raised my kids, I'm done, I've put in my time. But God says you're part of a family that goes beyond your last name. You're part of a family of God. And as part of that family of God, that you are commissioned to speak into the family of God, to direct them, to encourage them, to, to show them the way forward, and to give them the encouragement to know they're going to make it through. One of the things that I love here, and you probably have seen this in Scripture before, but to be very different is to be countercultural to the rest of the world. I'm not living for just right here and right now. I'm not living for just this moment. I'm living for the future. And we see this in Proverbs 31. There's this, most of a chapter in Proverbs 31 that is dedicated to what it means to be a godly woman. It's written by a mom. And, and she writes this proverb for her son, who is King Lemuel, all right? And she wants her son to know, hey, son, I know you're getting older. I know you're starting to go out into the world, and you're thinking about all the things that you want. And, and probably first and top on your list is, I just want to find the prettiest girl out there and marry her. She says, let me give you some advice, my son, because there are things that you should be looking for in a woman. But here's what she says in verses 25 to 39. This, this woman of God that she describes, she is clothed with dignity, with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instruction with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. You know, I look at this in this prescription here of what she's speaking, and I think there are probably a lot of times and places where moms are like, I'm not feeling that. I'm not feeling that. I, I don't always feel strong and dignified. I don't always feel like I can look into the future and laugh and think I have no reason to be afraid. It's all going to be okay. I, I don't always feel wise when I speak. And if I'm being honest, sometimes I'm not very kind. We look at these things and as it goes on, maybe you're in that place where my children, I, they don't really stand and bless me so much. My husband doesn't always notice 
the things that I do. He's not always doing these things. And, and, and so we look at this as like, well, what's wrong? What's missing? And when we go back and look at this, here's, here's what she's talking about in the verses before this. The pursuit of God and godliness is what lays the foundation for each of these things. Choosing not to say, I want to be the most beautiful woman in the world on the outside. I want to have the nicest clothes, the coolest hairdo, the nicest makeup, the whatever. Fill, it, fill in the blank. He says, this is not what it's about. What we need to realize is that moms, we're building a legacy. We're building a legacy of how we will be remembered. You know, maybe if you're in the place of raising your kids right now, it would not surprise me if your toddler doesn't walk in one day and say, Mom, I honor you. You're so great. Wouldn't surprise me to hear that your 15-year-old isn't doing that either. Maybe your 25-year-old's not doing it yet. But you know, there comes a point in time, a moment of maturity where children stop fighting against their parents and they realize, wow, mom and dad were pretty great. They gave a lot for us. They sacrificed a lot for us. And, and the hard part is, right? You don't even know what those sacrifices are until you do it yourself. Try explaining to a child what it means to sacrifice as a parent. It means nothing. But when you've raised your kids, when you've made the sacrifices when you've cried the tears, you look back and you think to yourself, wow, mom and dad sacrificed a lot for me. You might even look back at them and think to yourself what some of this says. Man, they had such strength and dignity. They just, they never seemed to be worried about the future. Like they just knew that God had them. And now when, when I talk to mom, her words, they just seem so wise she gives careful instruction. She's kind. She just works tirelessly. What a great person. What a great mom. And I just want to encourage you that maybe if you're in that season where you're not living that moment, to be faithful. That's what she said to, to, to King Lemuel here. For the woman who pursues God and chooses godliness over everything else and chooses to adorn herself with the beauty of living for the Lord, there comes a moment in time where that legacy speaks for itself. We don't have to stand up and say, kids, you really ought to honor me. I do a lot for you. You should be more thankful. You don't have to say that to them because the example of your godliness example of your strength, the example of your dignity, the example of your hard work, it just speaks and speaks and speaks and speaks. And it may not be in this day, it may not even be in this decade that they're going to stand up and say, Mom, you're just so great. But I believe that as you live virtuously and in a way that honors the Lord, that there is a moment in time that comes for you in which you will surpass every other person in this world. They'll look at you and they'll be like, Mom was really great. She did a lot for us. Husbands, there's something in here for us too. If you've got a godly woman, honor her. If you've got a godly woman in your life, 
honor her. Don't think she knows it. Don't sit back as we so often do as guys and goes, well, she knows how I feel. Tell her. Stumble over your words if you have to. Sound like an idiot if you must. Hey, uh, you're, you're, they're pretty great at that mom thing. Say something. Because a godly woman is worth being honored. She goes on to say that there's nothing in this world that could surpass her worth. And if you've got that in your life, you should be grateful. Church, we have a lot to, to look forward to because of what God has done for us. But he's gifted us with this love of moms, love of dads, love of family. And you're all a part of that. You're a part of this family. And not just the family that you go home to at night, but I encourage you that God has called you. And this is really what it speaks to here. You're never done being a mom. You're just never done. I know maybe there are days right now when you're in the midst of the thick of it, you're just like, please tell me there's a day where all of this goes away. There are parts of it that do. But you'll never be done being a mom. And even if your kids move on and go off into the rest of the world, God says within the family of God, you're still called to be a mom. You're still called to be a, grandpa, a grandmother. You're still called to do these things because you're part of this family. Show that generation what it means to live for Jesus. Show them what it means to raise your kids to love and to fear the Lord. Show them. Set the example for them. Teach them. And not by beating them over the head and saying, you need to do it like I do it. But just setting the example. Showing them in patience and in kindness. Church, that's how we move forward. That's how the generations ahead of us become more and more godly. We follow and lead and follow and lead and continue to become more like Jesus. Moms, Thank you. Thank you. You do a lot for us. My wife is currently raising four children. Three of them are mine. It's not easy. And I, I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. I really I do see the struggles of moms, the, the pressures of moms. And, and if I could even say something further, the lack of of appreciation in our world for moms. You're, you're almost looked down on if the only thing you do is to be a mom. Like that's not enough. Can I please tell you that if you are just a mom, you're doing a great job. That's enough. Yeah, absolutely. I want to close out our time together and just pray over our moms. If your mom is here, maybe you're sitting near her, or if you're with your wife, maybe you could just pray over her as we pray this. But it's not easy to live the kind of legacy that he speaks to here. This legacy is something that is bought with pain, with struggle, with daily decisions to die to self and to live for the Lord, believing that my example is not only benefiting me today, but that I'm blessing the generations that are to come. So you pray with me. Lord, we just lift up our moms to you. We lift them to you, Lord, in a season where they are grossly underappreciated, sometimes marginalized. 
And God, we lift them to you, the sacrifices that they make, the things that they do that no one sees, the struggles that they have because they often bear the brunt of giving compassion and love for their children. Lord, I just pray that you'll be with them and strengthen them, encourage them, God. For the young mother, I pray, Lord, that you would just encourage her. It won't be like this forever. For the mother with toddlers or with teens, remind them, God, it won't be like this forever. For those who have raised their children, maybe our grandparents now, or maybe their grandchildren are grown, God, would you just speak to them and encourage them that though the rest of the world wants to tell them that their way of doing things is gone and done, that they would step in in godliness and give an example to this generation to show them what it means to raise their children to love the Lord. God, build us up as the family of God. Strengthen and encourage these moms and grandmothers. Lord, remind them that it's not just for one lifetime that they do this, that they raise their own kids, but it is every day of their lives that they will give of themselves to be moms and grandmas for a world that needs love and mercy and compassion. Lord, I pray your blessings over them, that they will be women who dignify, who are dignified and full of strength, who are filled with wisdom, who work diligently, and whose children someday rise to bless them, to speak a blessing over them for all the ways in which they have encouraged them. That their husbands would be drawn to bless them, God, and to honor them for all that they've done. Lord, we know that you honor them and you love them. and We give you glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Moms, we love you. If you didn't see your mom today, call her. If your mom is no longer with you, find somebody and just tell them you love them. Encourage somebody today. We would love to invite you. Uh, we have the uh, Mom Mother's Day backdrop set up that you can get your pictures taken right after service. Uh, our prayer team will be up here if you need prayer this morning. But thank you so much for being here today. Happy Mother's Day and bless each other in Jesus' name.